Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good, well, morning or afternoon or evening uh, to try and <laughs> copy uh, John's phrase, but I know where I am. It is currently um, currently just hit the afternoon. Um, as you can see, I am not Jacob. I am James, who was meant to be the guest star um, on today's show. That is now Anastasia, who is, uh, should be to my left or right, whichever way, sort my fingers pointing there, who, who is guest, guesting with us today. Um, as we look back on the... I'm trying to count in my head. I believe this is the sixth or seventh um, W1 Mars W1000 event of the uh, of the season, and of course, this is the first big event that takes place before the curtain raiser for the entire year. Almost feels like the curtain raiser. I know we have late range of yeah. tournaments afterwards of the US Open. We're of course going to the uh, the friendly country next to the US, Canada, um, for the Canadian Open. As we can see, people coming to the chat. That's excellent to see. Uh, and of course, this year for the uh, for the WTA circuit, it took place in Montreal. Um, it's one of those. Uh, it's a very rare tournament on the calendar, where the WTA and the ATP, of course, share um, or swap um, who hosts what in what city. So this year, it was Montreal for the WTA, and it was Toronto for the ATP. 
going into it. Um, I know um, you would have seen it in the uh, lovely introduction that we had there that, of course, Jessica Bagula, uh, the American and number four uh, and the fourth best woman in the world, um, won the title um, in pretty comfortable circumstances in the final. Some people could say um, with a 6-1-6 love loss in a time of 49 minutes. Yep. You heard me right. Yeah. Forty-nine minutes, not four hours and nine minutes that you would uh, kind of expect for a t- for a tournament. It was four. <laughs> four she she had a minutes. plane to catch. She had a plane to catch to Cincinnati. So <laughs> she, she certainly did. Uh, I think. Uh, I don't know if there was any sort of like. Uh, I don't know if um, her, her dad's football team were uh, were playing at the same time, and she wanted to catch under the set the third or fourth quarter. I think that's the right term. I don't know anything about American football. Um, or we're about to make the uh, soccer equivalent of a uh, of a. Of a of a match taking the uh, same time as a, as a half of football or soccer. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't think there's any soccer matches that were playing at that time. Um, I will though go to you, Anastasia. What did you think about, you know, certainly that final, but then also the performance that, Je- uh, that Jessica Bagula managed to to play uh, to, uh, to to go and winning to winning her second W1000 title after Guadalajara last year? Um. I think it was a long time coming. Um, I think the thing about Jessica Pagula is she's just consistently in the background, just moving along step by step. She's not flashy about it. She doesn't garner, I think, as much conversation as some other players on WTA, but she just keeps going at it. And coming off of her performance in DC, the loss to Zachary, I think, you know, for her, Toronto was just going to be the next step. I Weirdly enough, I don't even think she came in thinking, I don't know, Jessica Pagula just seems like the sort of player where she's just, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to go forward. And if I lose, eh, you know, moving on to the next tournament. So I think when I wasn't even paying attention to her other than until she played Coco. Um, and of course, doubles partners, of course, all the, 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 the sort of focus was on Coco and how was she going to do? And is she, is her forehand great? You know, it was all of that. And Pagula came out on top on that one. And I was like, oh, okay. What, what does Pagula have to, to show? And, um, and then again, when she beat, um, Iga, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, here we go. Is she going to choke in the finals? <laughs> What's going to happen? Just to lead on with it, um, you know, and looking back at that semi-final, and just and just because of the results that are taking place this year with um, with with with, um, with Shiontech, because coming into this year, Jessica couldn't really get a victory against um, against Ego. I mean, yeah. I think of course, their first meeting in 2019, that was that, that there was a, a win, a couple of wins for Bagula there. There's a win for Bagula there, but then in 2022, there were a lot of losses. Shiontech beating it quite comfortably in, in, a, in a lot of those results. But this year, um, as I'm trying to weave a uh, weave a story of a picture, this year, of course, um, Bagula had managed to get two victories um, um, out of. Um, out of Bagula, but um, out of Sacri, uh, so out of Shiontech. Yeah. So many names in my head at the moment. Um, out of Shiontech, uh, that was at the United Cup at the start of the right at the start of the year, uh, and are now, of course, here at Montreal. Um, do you think this is now starting to become a bit more of an even matchup between Shiontech and Bagula, um, especially given the way that the results have gone at the moment? 
Yeah, I do. And I do. And it's also, you know, I know we're not going to really talk about that today, but just um, Iga's record overall this year in, compa- uh, in comparison to 2020, where I think she was a lot more dominant. And this year, um, she, you know, she's still super dominant, but definitely not, not um, like she was last year. Um, I think players step up their level now when they're playing her and Pagula definitely stepped up her level this year against Iga. And that's what competition is about. I love it. I love to see it because, you know, I think the other girls probably just saw, Hey, here's a dominant player. We're not just going to let her take everything. Um, I I do think it's not going to be as easy to just say, well, Iga is going to win this one now especially when it comes to, to, to Jessica Bugula. I think Jessica Bugula has stepped up her game. Again, I think she's a very incremental player. I think every year is better than the next, but not in a sort of grand, you know, all of a sudden here I am with my Grand Slam title sort of way, but she just sort of steadily climbs the ranks. And I also think it's almost why she doesn't, she get, because, you know, I saw a lot of comments where, People are like, I can't believe she beat Iga. How did Iga let her beat her? You know, it, it's this sort of narrative as Jessica's not a great player. She's an awesome player. She's an excellent player. You just don't see the sort of flashy, you know, look at all my titles. And, you know, I just had a 14, you know, 14 long winning streak or something like that. I, I, I think she's a lot more subtle about her growth. Mm. Uh, I certainly agree with you on that one in terms of, we know that with um, Pagula, she's 29 at the moment, I believe is, yeah. is, is, is the correct age. And she was somebody that, you know, not, I think three or four, uh, three years ago was playing mm-hmm. ITFs, you know, W100, W80 ITFs quite regularly. Um, so we, we've known the, the steady progress that, um, that Jessica has shown um, throughout this tournament. Um, I mean, slightly looking ahead to the, U, um, to the US Open, we now know that, well, we've got this bit here where Jessica Pagula has now proven that she can beat Shiontek. We also have Rai Barkina, who, is, who shows that she can beat Shiontek on the, on the hard courts. Given the fact that, that on the projected seedings, it will, she'll most likely play either, you know, Shiontek will most likely play either Rai Barkina or Pagula coming into that event. Do you think Shiontek's going to be worried? Especially um, being about a, semi, a semi, potential semi-final against either of these two players? Well, I hate to answer a question with a question, but... If we're going to start talking about Rabakana, what did you bring it back a little bit to the Montreal tournament? Because I think that does affect her performance in mm. at the U.S. Open. And I think she left Montreal, Rabakana, I'm saying, left Montreal in not a really good place. Mm. Um, it seemed, you know, she did, she did have that really, really long match against Kazakina that went really late. Um, Welcome to the U.S. swing. Let's, you know, that's how we roll. 3 a.m. matches are, we eat it for breakfast. Um, and so she had that, her semifinal against, um, why am I blanking? Samsonova? Yep, Samsonova, yep. Yeah, was, um, was very, I, she just wasn't, she wasn't hitting like she hits it. Like those double faults were insane. <laughs> it's like, this is a serve bot we're looking at what's happening. Um, she has a shoulder taped and her press conference after that was very sort of despondent. I would say, I don't know, but she, she definitely had some gripes with the scheduling with the time. And 
I'm of two, I'm of two minds of it. One, welcome to the US swing. You know, this is just you have late matches sometimes. Mm. You you have to play twice in one day sometimes. Um and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, does she need to just work a little bit more on the off season on her fitness? Is that what it is? You know, because we can just go down a rabbit hole of like tennis and scheduling and we don't want to go there right now. So there's that. Um, And then just her being in her head, I don't think she's coming into the U S open. You know, I really would not be surprised if Rabakana is out early. I, I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't make it to the second week. That's interesting. I mean, um, I mean, would you, I mean, one of the things in which I, we're kind of, you know, this is a new experience for from for Ibaka now. You know, even up until after winning the Wimbledon last year, um, and for a bit after that, there was no real say pressure on her to be the star player. Yeah. Uh, and generally, if you're not the star player, you get you get the excellent schedules where you're second on after eleven o'clock most days, and you know, throughout throughout the day throughout the day times, and you know, you're not going to have to, you know, okay, there's a little bit of rain. It just means that you may be playing a match like three or four hours later. You, you won't be in a position like a Shriontek or a Sabalenka or even the Pagula in the states, where you will be the star attraction in the in the night session slot. Yeah. Do you think that's possibly playing an effect on her? The fact that actually you are now the star, you are expected to play on the night matches, and as such, you, you're going you're gonna to have a situation where you're going to be playing until the wee small hours of the morning. You're you are totally right with that. I remember in the French Open when um, the big conversation was about night matches and why uh, the women weren't getting the mat- night matches. And I remember in one of the press conferences, you know, I think Coco was the one who said it, but I think Iga has said it before too. It's like they don't, you know, they don't want to be in the night matches. They want to be quietly doing their daytime thing and you know not causing attention. I think Coco is more likely to be a night match kind of person, but you're totally right. Rabakina, I, she is so, she just looks so quiet and just wants to play tennis and then go to Disney world after, you know, that kind of her jam. Um, so you are so right. I, I probably think she would love to be in the shadows winning Wimbledon and, you know, going about her day. Um, I do know though, at the same time, and maybe it's just sort of a court position kind of thing, because I remember after she won Wimbledon and didn't really get those points, you know, she would still be sort of thrown on court 209 and mm-hmm. court nothing. And, you know, she did feel a way about that. You know, she did mention it and how she didn't feel respected after being a, a grandson winner. So it's like, you can't have your cake, my love, and eat it too. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's one or the other. And I think it's just something if she wants to be part of this WTA big three situation that's happening, big four, let's bring Fagula in into it. Um, you, you, you do become the star attraction. You do become a, something the WTA can sell to fans and say, Hey, look at these three and, you know, look at them go. And that just might mean us open night session. And we know how those go, you know? Hmm. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, 
moving on to us we just got a good comment from uh i'm gonna try and pronounce this blobby uh blobby brian uh i love rabakina to win the us open but that shoulder put a lot of doubt on her and her ability to deliver at the time um with the likes of Iga, pagula and sabalenka are in some sort of top element um were you a bit surprised going on to we've mentioned about Iga, we've mentioned about pagula but um of that list sabalenka um, so Sabalenka, I believe it was, it was a quarterfinals was the uh, was a position. Uh, I think it was even the quarterfinals that she was able to get to. I think it was an early exit in the round of sixteen. Yeah. Um, were you surprised that Sabalenka didn't progress as far as as you would kind of you know what would expect for for her on a half court? No, no. Um, she's kind of had a, a break. No, I think she did. She was at Wimbledon and nothing. I think Toronto was her. Uh, sorry, Montreal was her first hard court match back so no um i think it's we literally just warming up the surface you know if she went further great if she didn't fine you know i think cincinnati for her will be more of a test to see where she's at um with her hardcore um fitness and form um so i i think she's still she's still in it um i wasn't i really wasn't worried at all about her performance in montreal i think that was just sort of a especially for the players who who it's their first tournament on the surface you know mm-hmm. i'll be worried in cincinnati if if it comes to that uh, uh i think uh i think it, uh, we've certainly seen it in both the the um well, certainly the men's tournament this year, this, this oh, week, yeah. where a lot, a lot of top players that this was their Coinage. first time on, on on the surface. I mean, the one, the one thing we were able to see for um, for the um, for the women last week in Washington is that a lot of top players played it, so that almost acted as their sort of breaking, you know, like like a shoe, like a break breaking tournament. Yeah, uh, to be able to then uh, um, play a decently high level here. But yeah, Cincinnati you know, usually has a little bit more attention, maybe down to the fact it's all in one place, but given in fact, it's the week before um, the US Open. Um, will of course have um, a lot more connotations as we as we may see how the season goes. Do you, so um, sort of moving then around the field, were there any players that you were very surprised at, either a good surprise or a bad surprise with how they performed this week? I mean, poor Zachary, you know, and I don't know if that was just a Danielle Collins problem in the sense that, you know, Danielle Collins does this a lot, especially on the U.S. Um, side of, of things where, you know, haven't heard from her all year. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I'm a tennis player. Here I am. <laughs> you know, hear me roar. Um, literally. Um, so <laughs> I don't know if, because again, Maria had gone deep in D.C. She was coming into Montreal um, with some good form. So I think, again, maybe that was just a blip and hopefully she doesn't play Danielle Collins anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, she was just someone I was watching again. I won't be worried till Cincinnati, see how she does there. Um, who just, else just to hold on quickly to what you were saying about Collins, because yeah. I, I think that was the, one of the biggest, the biggest stories of this week was, you know, we've all, we've all documented how Daniel Collins is, uh, Daniela Collins is sort of season from the Australian open last year onwards has not necessarily been you know the, the path of roses that uh, many people were expecting you know especially yeah. when you've been able to get to the final yeah okay getting handily beaten by Barty in the last match ever um not the, maybe the funniest thing you want to be known as uh but you know as the tennis talker here um puts out 
you know, this 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 run gave 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 her a good boost into the rankings up to thirty fourth, and the potential that she's able to put in at least a couple of good performances in Cincinnati that she may be seeded. Do you think yeah. we're seeing a resurgence of Daniel Collins in terms of she's had the blip, she's had she's she's had the time in the spotlight, gone away, managed to get herself you know back together, or do you think this is just a flash in the pan moment, and we're going to go back to a situation where she's getting beaten handedly by somebody ranked outside the world's top one hundred? Yeah. Um, I'm leaning more towards flash in the pan. Um, but then again, it's tennis, you know, anyone can, can kind of like, it's tennis, it's the WTA, anyone can kind of just, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Danielle lost first round at US Open. I also wouldn't be surprised if she was in the final of the US Open. <laughs> um, she is also that just, she is that sort of player. Um, and it, it would be, I don't know. She She's just an enigma for me. I'm just, you know, I'm always like, where did she come from? Where's she been and where did she come from? <laughs> you know, she always just seems to pop up in, in these draws and does great and then disappears. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I Let's see how she does in Cincinnati. But either way, I wouldn't be surprised with her. She is on home soil. That does take you really far in mm. these tournaments. So, so we'll see. No, uh, and sort of speaking of um, home soil for where we were currently, um, on the on route to Daniel Collins getting to the quarter, she did beat Leila Fernandez, who again yeah. is another name, another name was somebody who, you know, okay, she ha- ha- was able to has had a bit, little bit more of a more successful, you could say, um, time of it since the U.S. Open final in twenty twenty one. I think you know getting to the quarters of the French mm-hmm. uh, in twenty twenty two and was able to uh, regain her title in Monterey uh, in twenty twenty two as well. But since then, nothing really sort of has popped up for her. But um, were you heartened to see this little uh, little run at home that she managed to get? You know, really entertaining the uh, the local local fans. So great. For a few rounds. Yeah, so great. So, so, so great. It was nice to see her like that because it reminded me of the Layla who made that run in 2021. You know, a lot of people focus on the Emma Raducanu win and how crazy it was and his qualifier and all that stuff. But if you look at who Layla had to beat to get to that final, it was insane. You're like, who is it? She's so tiny. She's really tiny. <laughs> I've seen her person and these girls tower over her and you see her hitting and doing her little fist pumps and you have to have a really soft spot for Layla. You you see her love for the game and how hard she's trying to be good at it. Um, I think her, her um, sort of new partnership with Taylor Townsend and doubles has been really great for her. Um, So I was really excited to see this and really excited to see what she how she takes us on to Cincinnati and then to the U.S. Open because I, I I always think she has the possibility of making deep runs in mm-hmm. in these um, Grand Slams. Like the I, I do think the quarterfinals that happened in 2022. I think she was she played through a, an injury there instead of um, withdrawing. I do think that was a little bit of a hiccup in her grow in her sort of growth because then she was injured for a whole bunch. Um, of time, but yeah, she's she's definitely one to watch, and I'm really glad she's still out there doing it. Uh, excellent. Uh, and uh, well, I could, I could just wrap up from my perspective in terms of the player I saw. Um, or at least I was happy to see do well, or at least somewhat well. <laughs> you know, of course, me as a Brit on Brit Watch, it was uh, it was uh, Katie Bolter who was able to get who was able to qualify. 
uh, which is really which is really good to see. And then she's able to win her first round match against uh, uh, Marino. I know the Canadians who were in the she was almost scheduled as one of the night match as the one of the star attraction night matches on the Monday. Uh, and I was glad to see she won. I don't think the Canadians were um, though, but just to see um, a Brit in one of these fifty two draw W one thousand events is pretty good given. We've not had a um, not had a, a great time there, but of course, as, a, as our little thing pops up below shows, he did though end up crashing out in Cincinnati after serving twice to qualify in the first round, first qualifying round. So good with one week, not great the next. Um, yeah, but just a yeah. general general point and overall, because we know that what these types of tournaments, fifty the sort of sixty four player draw, even though technically it's more uh, fifty six. They're dying in terms of the 1,000 level uh, and that we're going to be going towards more the 96-player draw. What's your thoughts on how certainly the the, the most recent num- uh, most recent sort of 96-player draw W1000 event sort of, you know, events have gone? Uh, and would you are you going to be sad to see the back of the uh, the much smaller ones but much more concentrated in, within the week? Um, I'm one of the people who I do love the new... Um, two week 1000s. I do like them. Um, I think it does give opportunity to a lot of players like Katie Bolter, who would not, um, you know, um, automatically qualify for, for these draws. Um, You know, she did okay um, in Montreal, but then she bombs out in qualifying in Cincinnati instead of being given the chance to, to play. Um, I, I do think it will shake things up a bit, you know, you know, if, if Katie Bolter, for example, had the chance to be in, in the draw more regularly for these competitions, what, what could that do for her? She's playing more, she's being exposed to these players more. She might improve. I, I I do, I do like that idea instead of four times a year, you're like, you play a grand slam and then the rest of the time you're trying to fight to get into into these other draws. So I'm I'm a fan of the two week. I, I know people are like, oh, but we're not getting the blockbuster matches in the first day. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yes, I get that. But you know, I do think tennis it, I, I, it's not gonna be fantastic the first year or the mm-hmm. second year. I think it has to grow on us a little bit. And I think these events will just shake up shake up the rankings a little bit. I really do think it will. I, I because I think it will be giving chance. Remember what's his name on the men's side? That that uh, Marajan, <laughs> that guy. Fabian <laughs> Marajan. We're gonna, have, we're gonna have a lot more of those. Just like random. Like who's that guy? And how did he just beat the number one player in the world? You know what I mean? So I think it, it does. Or even or even Struff's run in Madrid. You know, like. Mm. Those 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 little like moments that could be fun and be like oh who's that player who's the uh, Karatsev came out of nowhere as well so I think I haven't really seen that yet on the WTA but I think the longer and the larger uh, the longer events and the larger draws will definitely um, introduce us to a lot more players I think. Wicked. That was a, a good to know. That's a really good, a good to get your opinion on that one there. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now moving over. So we've got looked at the past. We now look to the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are moving, of course, to the Southern or the Western and Southern Open uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, as we've got a, a good picture to the side of us there, um, which shows that they had a record attendance at the um, at the first weekend. That's, of course, where the qualifying and a, and a few first round matches on the men's side took place yesterday. I think the big, uh, I know there was no big women's matches, but um, on the men's, I saw that Ben Shelton beat uh, Christopher Eubanks last mm-hmm. night. Um, and a couple of double matches there. Um, of course, the reigning champion here is a, is a one Caroline Garcia, um, who is looking to defend her title. Do you think she's going to have a chance of being able to defend that title this time around, um, or what do you kind of expect to um, sort of take place in uh, um, for the for the uh, for the Southern Western Southern Open? I'm uh, sorry, I shake my head too fast. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't think so. Um, she hasn't shown any form that she can defend that title. I just haven't seen it. So um, I'm trying to pull up the draw here just to see, but I like her, her run to it, but I just don't, she hasn't just, she hasn't shown any form to say she mm-hmm. can, she was in a run last year. Like, you know, she definitely had form, but this year I really don't, don't see it. Do you see it? Uh, I would say no. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate, really, because I'm a big fan of Ka- uh, Caroline, and I was really pleased to be able to go see her live um, in Lyon at the beginning of the year, um, mm-hmm. which made her run to the final there. I know that's her home tournament, quite literally her home, when she lives in the city of Lyon. Um, but, yeah, as you say, that the, the um, almost like gun, I say gun high was uh, as, as the only way to describe her play style in terms of, you know, she will... You know, choose to try and rip it wherever in the court she wants to be uh, and it doesn't matter if you're just watching the match going look if you just get the ball in your opponents are going to make the mistake you don't need to you don't need to make your own mistakes in those matches those those, those situations seem to be happening more and more um yeah. especially uh, especially in, in, in the matches currently and she's and she's receiving losses to players that you wouldn't expect uh, a player of caroline um caroline's quality to to actually lose to and and there's a real risk at the moment that she won't be able to get to the uh next the what next gen finals sorry to get to the um world tour finals and to defend her title that, that she picked up last year um right. at this stage i would i could see her maybe get doing a quarter final run but i think if she ends up playing one of those top four players in in, in the quarters she's she's going to come unstuck but you know she was you know, she did pull off a, a remarkable stroke last year she was a qualifier to get to, to, to actually get into the tournament uh, uh like you were saying from the previous point about you know for, you know these smaller draws at the top top level meaning that you get big players playing qualifying for these for these events um but she did play qualifying for it and was able to get through it and win out of completely nowhere but i think it'd be very hard um for her to be able to uh, to do that do you have any players that you're specifically thinking is going to make a, a good run or do you think it stands a, the be- a best chance or one of the best chances that uh, being able to pick up this title um well i'm looking at sabalenka for for I just want to see how she does, like how she seems to have an, an okay draw. Um, you know, she might see ons at some point in the quarterfinals, possibly. I don't know. She seems to have a pretty okay draw. Um, 
Pagula probably in the semifinals if she makes it that far deep. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Arena has a really good chance of of um, making it through and winning this title. So it would be nice to see what her form is like and how deep she goes. And I think it will be a great test for the um, a great litmus test for for the U.S. Open for her. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things I think we all want to see is is to see a matchup either, you know, looking at the draw, it, it would be uh, either Rabakana versus Sriantek or Sabalenka versus Pagula. Or, you know, I'm, I'm sure if you wanted to see, you know, a completely uniform to the semi-final run, we'd end up seeing all those four end up sort of facing at least two of each other at that, that point there. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we only got that in one in one match this time around, It was which was, um, so I think, uh, you know, Given the fact that we probably are looking at those three slash four as the most likely winners of the of the um, of the US Open this year, we we do want to see those that match taking place. Just like in the men's side, we know we've got you know Djokovic in the draw, so we'd like to see maybe an Alcaraz Djokovic final just to see how those two sort of stack up on a new surface. Yeah, um, but I agree there. Is there any other small little bits that you're looking at? Any players you're specifically wanting to see? Maybe do a little bit of a run, not necessarily winning it, but a little bit of a run in Cincinnati. Um, always would love to watch Coco's form. I think her match with um, Pagula at Montreal was the first time since the DC run. Because I think once DC started, she just had this different feeling about her. She looked so happy on court and excited. And she took that energy into wins. And the match she played with Pagula, I remember watching that thinking, who's this person again you know it her mood totally changed and she lost you know so i want to see what um she brings into um cincinnati if she can brush that off and just like keep going i don't know if she's playing doubles i really hope not because you know it'd be nice if they took a break because i'm pretty sure they're playing doubles for the u.s open yeah Um, i'm not sure if they're playing doubles here again um i really think they need to work on sort of cutting that sort of I do I just think they do better if they don't play doubles all the time you know switch it up between between tournaments and stuff ons it'd be nice to see how ons is we haven't seen her since Wimbledon so it'd be nice to see what her form is like um going into the U.S. Open she um she did go super deep in the U.S. Open last year so that will be something to see um who else Andrescu's out so you know I think the U.S. Open is now in question for her with this hmm. back injury. Um, That's quite, she was uh, spotted in the crowd in Toronto. Oh, uh, yeah, she yesterday. was. She um, was taking some photos. It's, uh, she, clearly, she clearly wanted to go see how uh, Sinner and Demon Orr were, were going right. to play out uh, in, in, that, in that tournament. Yeah. Uh, cool. Right. Uh, what we will do is now we kind of talk through those bits there. Um, we'll sort of draw to the end, but I'm going to just, Shine up, I'll shine a highlight on a couple of WTA 125 events which took place. Um, either well, one took place last week, one's taking place this week. Uh, there was a hardcore event taking place in uh Koziri, um, which is in Poland, uh, and that was won by Daria Jastrzenska uh, in the final. She won uh, six two six one six three, or sorry, two six six one six three, uh, G- beating um, the Belgium, Greet Ninen uh, in the final there, and then this week the uh, uh, women that are deciding not not to try um, try <laughs> who couldn't get, get into the uh, into 
into Cincinnati or couldn't want to do the qualifying have gone to Stanford, which is I know is at the other side of this, of America near enough. So it's gonna be a big journey for a lot of people for a lot of the women that are heading that way, especially to then get back. Most of them will be yeah. also playing in qualifying at the US Open. So they've got a big journey uh, ahead of them there. Tamara Corpatch uh leads the field on that one as the top seed. Um but the uh, the field also includes Rakimova, uh Gabriana Arena Ruza, Heather Watson, Jody Burridge and the uh, champion in uh, champion in Prague from last week, uh, Hibino um, is also in action there. So plenty of uh, um, plenty of WTA action at, at, at both levels there, as well as the beer range of like W1, um, 80 and 60 events taking place in Europe as well. Um, along those bits there, all I can say next is that we have a video coming up with John and Weekend uh, Jacob um, to do ATP Weekly. It's been lovely to have everyone that's been in the comments and whatnot. Uh, Anastasia, it's been absolutely lovely to have you uh, as well for this uh, um, uh, for this uh, WTA Weekly. And goodbye. Yeah. Bye. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Sports Social Podcast Network.